Are you someone you know battling cancer? Welcome to Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feld, where you get to be part of a live consultation with a patient diagnosed with cancer. I was never close to my father. In fact, I found out that he passed away from colon cancer six months after he died. I never got to be with him during his struggle. This podcast and the cutting-edge integrative cancer therapies I offer at my center are my chance to do what I didn't get to do for my father. Tune in as I get to know the struggles and victories of my guests while battling cancer. We will discuss natural medicine and how it can safely be integrated into traditional oncology care. You are not alone in your struggle. Well, welcome, Carol Weaver. I'm, it's such an honor to have you on the show. I know we, we did a, a previous show where uh, we mentioned the one thing that you thought were one of the most important thing in, in your battle. Uh, you've, you've been battling breast cancer. If you can tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, what, what do you feel kind of led up to getting that, that stark diagnosis? Well, I, I don't know for sure, but I was a single parent for about 20 some years. And, you know, that's a very stressful situation <laughs> and it may have accumulated in, uh, in that diagnosis. Not sure, it was a bit of a shock, uh, but it wasn't your garden variety uh, breast cancer. I got E. coli in the operating room when they <laughs> removed a, a, a 2A tumor and then it was so many surgeries and uh, a lot of difficulties chemo and radiation the protocol uh, slash burn and poison as they say but at the end of it uh, my boyfriend decided to marry me anyway with only one breast so I've been I have been in a very happy marriage for the last 12 years or so uh, you can see all the books around me. I live in a house with 20,000 books, <laughs> uh, which goes... <laughs> I am envious. <laughs> yes, it's not easy to put them on the shelves. You can get carpal tunnel syndrome because these are art books. Uh, but he's an art appraiser. And I always say the reason I got through breast cancer in the first place was because of the art around me. I wrote a book called Side Effects, The Art of Surviving Cancer. The play on words is really talking about the 12 or 13 things that got me through chemo, many surgeries, and so forth. Yeah. And that's become a theme of my life, Dr. Carfield. I really think that you can cure yourself with the right spiritual posture, the right psychological habits. And in fact, that's I'll talk more about my second book on the on the topic. Anyway, at the end of the uh, middle of 2008, I got married and sp spent the next 10 years in a wonderful, exciting period. Was told in 2016 that I had metastatic breast cancer in my spine. So that has been a saga for the last four years, and once again. Uh, the spiritual attitudinal posture seems to have returned in its effectiveness, at least so far. Yeah. 
You know, with the with metastatic, you never relax. It's there over my head like a Damoclean sword, but I'm still living a wonderful life. So, Can't, so what yes, what please. would you? Yeah, because people, when you're dealing with metastatic, I mean, cancer patients, they 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 always feel that they have this, like you're saying, this cloud over your head all the time that you you're never going to be able to get free from you can never really run away from because it, it can rear its ugly head at any time yeah. i mean what what are some of the uh, what would would you tell people that are diagnosed with metastatic i mean how how can they get through that well i think they have to uh, adopt a certain psychological and spiritual habits because it, it, it never goes away. You will have, uh, there's an artist I love so much. She talks about acute simultaneity, that so much of life is weirdness and wonder. Uh, so much of how I see the world is, I've got death over there. Then I've got love and excitement and beauty and all of the wonderful aspects of art. So the two things are together, but that makes for an interesting leaven. I think if you can tolerate that, you can live vibrantly. Uh, my, my new book is about, is really structured on the monsters that uh, you face with metastatic cancer. Things like grief, when you find out, you know, you're, you're never gonna be totally relaxed. So. You're going to say goodbye, goodbye to being totally healthy and totally unaware of your body and so forth. There are things like panic attacks. Uh, even, even I had one the other day, thinking about my dental problems. Uh, there are, there's depression, thoughts of death. So I have 12 chapters in this new book in which I offer antidotes different kinds of antidotes, everything from music to the Dalai Lama, who said that one way of handling your own pain is to have compassion for others. Uh, and these days, what opportunities do we have to have compassion for others who are suffering through this virus? So I, I, I think it's very possible um, to train yourself or to, uh, to make yourself aware that there are ways in which you can keep your spirit up. And that spirit is going to fight the, the, the spread of cancer. Uh, there's another great book by Kelly Turner on, it's called Radical Remission. And she goes all over the world to talk to people with stage four cancer and see what they do. And there are eight remedies, but about four of them have to do with the spirit, with the attitude. So there are plenty of books to help you out here. Do you know Dr. Rankin's work, Lisa Rankin, Mind Over Medicine? I, I do, yes, yeah. And, and it's, it's such a powerful tool. Um, and, and I see that frequently with, with patients yeah. that come into my center is that if you don't address the, the emotional background, there, there's always a, a mental, emotional component behind cancer. Like for instance, I, I had a, a, 
a, a metastatic uh, breast cancer, not not breast cancer, um, endometrial cancer, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and so we were going through she was dealing with all this pain and 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 uh, uh, so we were focusing on why the pain was there i mean what what was and i was kind of feeling that there was some some kind of a fear behind that pain and something she was afraid of and sometimes i see that it's almost easier for patient to move on to die to not have to face their fear and yeah. so we, we worked through that and, and identified and worked. There's a little technique that I used to, to help to relieve the, uh, the pain. And as the pain was leaving, I mean, she started to, to just cry and shake. And, and I mean, it's, it's tremendous the emotions that are stored that are driving this cancer. Yeah, I, 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 I truly believe that uh, that is a component. My own uh, experience with pain, and I do have a chapter on it, a humble chapter, uh, was terrible in the beginning because, and, and, I, and I think this is related to the spirit, I had the wrong doctors. I had this research brilliant star at a famous hospital, and she was great when I first met her. You know, I said, what am I going to tell my family? How much time do I have left? She said, tell them 10 years that you have a slow growing cancer. We've got all kinds of medicines. So I was hopeful and I thought, oh boy, you know, 10 years is, I'll take a decade. And then she uh, prescribed a medicine that's been advertised on television. I'm not going to mention it because people may have different experiences with it. But Dr. Parkdale, it nearly killed me. It was supposed to alleviate the pain and the side effects were so horrible that I said, I would rather die than have to deal with this. So I kept calling her and I realized she was not responding. Her assistant was talking to me. Finally, my, my family said, you can't stop this medicine. This is going to save your life. I said, no, it's not. So I, I decided I needed a new doctor. Uh, and I would also say as a corollary to the need for spiritual and psychological habits. You've got to feel you, you are the inner doctor. You're, you're the inner pilot light, as Dr. Rankin says. So I, I said, thank you very much, but I can't, I can't continue with your uh, treatment of me. And so I found another doctor. In fact, I have about four doctors now who handle different aspects. So I have a team. And that team speaks to that control that you want to take on yourself. Not that you're not going to listen to, to them, but that you must feel your intuition is blessing, is putting an imprimatur on uh, whether it's a diet or it's medication, uh, it's exercise, acupuncture, massage, whatever it is. So choosing doctors who speak to your spirit is part of the remedy i would say yeah and and also so I mean, when when you're undergoing all these different therapies and so you're going through chemo uh which is horrible i mean what what i mean what, what were some of the experience that you had while going through chemo well i would never do it again because i had a terrible experience with it 
really awful, not just losing the hair, but just it deresonated my system. I looked like I, w I came out of Auschwitz after three months. So, and you know, I don't know this is true, but I do think that it may have even contributed to the metastatic state. Um, there's one study that I read that suggested that. But I, I would never do it again. And my current oncologist, God bless her, Dr. Dang, we get along just fine. She knows not to bring it up. Even though my blood tests may vary, she keeps saying we're going to trick cancer. But she doesn't, she knows that I'm against radiation and against chemo. I did that. I did not do radiation, but I would never do chemo again. I think it's a big industry and, and I think it does more harm than good. Now, some people and uh, anyone who's listening who's had success with chemo, God bless you. But it, this goes back to my inner pilot light. I just wouldn't do it ever again. No. Uh, it was it was very very harsh on me. So so when when you had the metastatic, then you you did not do chemo. No, I didn't. Okay. I, I I took uh, different medications. Right now I'm on tamoxifen, which is what I took for those five years after the uh, end of the breast cancer, and and it that may be the reason why my blood markers are so good or. It could be that the Beljansky Foundation, which I, I highly recommend, is, is, a, is a naturopathic organization which looks at healing cancer and other diseases naturally through uh, herbs and so forth. I'm taking one of their recommendations called Costabel and Ancobel, uh, those two. And for the last eight months or so, uh, my blood tests have been very good. So that herb may be the reason why. And I also take supplements. I'm kind of a vitamin freak. <laughs> well, I, I have a, a, practi a practitioner who is a, a nutritionist and she watches over carefully what I, I don't always obey her because I'm a, I love sweets, but uh, I do have a code. You know how people have a code? They don't always go by the code, but they know it's there. So when I have my chocolate donut, I see her face in the <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I'm a great believer in following her vitamin regimen. And uh, so that may make a difference. All I know is, Dr. Carfell, my oncologist has a picture of me on her refrigerator. <laughs> you are loved. <laughs> <laughs> She's taking personal interest to make sure that you you were promised ten years and she she want to give you thirty. <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So and 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 I know one of the things that I mean you you mentioned art and and how. Yes. How did you use art to your benefit? I mean, obviously there are many ways that you can do it, but how did you explore art through this process? The first, the first one is uh, my husband is an art appraiser. I think I told you that. Yes. He's particularly fond of uh, Asian art. And can you see this? Yeah. Did you made that? 
no, no, I didn't make this. I didn't make any of these art objects, but I discovered them. Now this is called, we have many of these. This is called the Guanyin. Oh, you know, you know about the Guanyin. (laughs) Well, I want your listeners and watchers to, to, to look at this beautiful statue because one day as I was preparing for chemo and I was feeling lousy, and I was walking through the house and kind of, <gasps> I saw this statue and I said, you know, I really love this. I love, I love her. She's so beautiful. Look at those hands. And, and she's got a, a, I don't know what this is on the side. It looks like a flute or something. Yeah. And my husband was right behind me. He said, no, that's not a woman. That's a man. I said, what? That can't be a man. He said, the God of mercy in yeah. the Tibetan tradition is a man, it's not a woman. Beautiful. Because the act of mercy takes such grace. So I looked, I looked at the statue and I said, come to think of it, she doesn't have any breasts. I said, he, he. Either she had double mastectomy. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> so I said, she's for me. He's for me. Yeah. <laughs> so whether it's a transgender God or what, but the God of mercy, you know, the God of mercy. So I investigated this. The God of mercy is there when the woman is having, is giving birth. When the soldier has been hit by an IED. When people are in prison. So the mercy is is epic it's huge and i said i am going to think about this that the god of mercy is over me when they put that intravenous into my arm and i'm going to survive this so this was the first work of art you see i'm my phd is in english not in art i i'm not an art expert i just went around the house looking for things that made me feel good, that gave me energy. So they were a bunch of odd things. I mean, they weren't like museum pieces, but one was a Mexican escudo, which was a a picture of the Blessed Virgin, actually a picture of the girl taking her vows as a nun, depicted as the Blessed Virgin. And... uh, I, I love that picture because it's the Blessed Virgin, but she's got pearls around her neck. <laughs> and next to it is a, down, this is in, in our house, is another picture of a famous nun, an intellectual of the 16th century, I think it is, Saldu Juana. And she has the escudo, you can see her sitting at her desk with her habit on, and this big thing around her neck. I guess people wore it all the time, and the nuns wore it all the time. But she was a wonderful feminist. So I took the two things. I, my, I wrote the first feminist dissertation at the University of Maryland, and I brought them into the hospital room because I was in and out of the hospital all the time. And I, and I would tell people, you know, I, I'm a feminist. I'm one of the first feminists. It made me feel good. It made me feel proud. So it was that kind of thing. The Chinese, the book on Chinese slippers, you know how the Chinese, what they do to four-year-olds, they break their feet so that they'll stay small, that, that, like a lotus, uh, which is a horrible 
tradition, horrible. But this book was all about the slippers that they made to cover this. So I thought, okay, so I only have one breast, but I can go to Victoria's Secret and get a beautiful bra, and I can wear beautiful things still. And just like those little girls who have to shuffle around because their feet hurt them so much. So I was identifying with all of these things, these odd choices, and somehow that gave me courage. It got me through. I really do believe that art heals, David. I, I, it's my intention uh, to speak about this and to encourage people to choose those things, not the fancy stuff. If you don't like Rembrandt, then don't choose Rembrandt. But get the postcard with the museum or find the picture online that speaks to you, that says, oh, that's who I am. I'm a Keith Haring, or I'm a Picasso, or somebody who's we don't know at all. Art has a wonderful therapeutic power. So I'm, I'm talking about that a bit in this book as well, that it's, a, it's an ongoing theme. As you face the end of your life, for God's sake, find out who you are. Find out who's authentically you. If you love this transgender God, I, I have one next to my desk, my computer, uh, because I love to look at, at his hands, his hands. His hands. <laughs> it, it does look very feminine, but it, it, it's that petiteness, it's that beauty, it's the, I mean, yeah. there, there, there's so, and, and that's with, with Asian art, you know, it, it's yeah. so much beauty in it. There's I, so much beauty and grace. Yeah. And it's different. It's just different. Just different. It's not it's not like, you know, a seascape or something. It's it's it, and and you know, and there's so many interesting stories. Hokusai, for example, who does those big waves, you've seen them all over the place, a big blue wave. Hokusai uh was I love him so much because he would sign his paintings the the mad artist, mad for art, mad for art, he would write. And he lived to, in his, to 90, and he, <laughs> he was such a slob. He moved 92 times, because every time his place would get, uh, you know, lousy and dirty and so forth, he'd just pick up his painting and move to another place. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of cleaning, it was easier to move to another location. <laughs> Right, and he wanted to conserve his energy yeah. so that he could put it into the painting, not into scrubbing the toilet, Yeah, which makes a, a lot of sense, doesn't it? Well, and, and, that's, learner. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that speaks to what you were talking about, is you, you need to find out who you are and respect that. And so if you're not a toilet scrubber, then <laughs> don't scrub toilets. If you're an artist, <laughs> Do what you need to do to be who you are. That's right. And I think so many women are, are sort of bullied into scrubbing the toilet when they don't really want to. No. Be like Hokusai. Just get up and say, we're moving. <laughs> the toilets are dirty. Let's move to another place. <laughs> and, and what I loved also in, in one of your presentations you did 
uh, you you talked about uh, a couple of songs that you you made in the <laughs> oh i i actually in my first book i had a musical <laughs> called tits the musical i love it yeah it, it i really wish i would complete that because i think it could be pretty good off 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 broadway <laughs> <laughs> many blocks away <laughs> yes there there was this it was really based on a doctor's analysis in the 60s, um, uh, I called him Dr. Bisba Booby. He said every, the shape of women's breasts will tell you their personality. So if it's drooping, they'll be drooping. <laughs> if it's small, they'll be fierce. And he had this whole catalog of descriptions of how the shape of the breast determined the personality and the character of the person. So I, I thought I'd do a send up of him. I had in there, uh, one of the, one of the songs I remember was the chemo nurse. When I was doing, there was this wonderful gay nurse. Oh, I, she was just great. She was an ex cop and what in those days you were always in recliners and they put you in a room with eight other people so it was kind of a stage the feet were all facing toward toward each other so there was this space in the middle and she would get in there and tell jokes she was just wonderful she used to say um now if you, if you're not good i won't unhook you so you can go pee <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot of control that's a lot <laughs> <laughs> she had lollipops and she would save the red ones for the people who were good. And she just made us laugh. So I gave her a funny song, I'm Your Bitch Baby. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Excuse me for being. <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I think the researcher that, that studied breast, I mean, that seems like such a man thing to do to. Yes, create <laughs> To create science to get to look at women's breasts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he seemed very scientific, but we know what he was really thinking. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I mean, in the musical, I had these backdrops of different shapes of breasts and his, his various comments on it. So I just got to the first act, but I may return to it. I, I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> Well, well, Carol, it, it's been such a pleasure to have you on your show and, and, and all the wisdom and all the advice, you know, for people that are going through the journey that you're going through. You know, yes. and I, I'm really excited to see your, your new book come out. Well, thank you so much. Look for Dr. Carol Weaver on Amazon. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Carol. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Carlfield, for the work that you're doing. Um, <laughs> blessings to all. The information this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or treat any disease. If you'd like to know more about what my center offers, please visit thecarlfieldcenter.com. Please join us next week for another live consultation with a patient diagnosed with cancer on integrative cancer solutions with Dr. Carl Feldt.